0: SMS SAFM Now on
1: 41391 Whole song is on Now Now. 0891 Michelle? Yes, hello Uh, Hi,
2: I'm Professor Ben Yes Lovely to speak to you again. I haven't chatted to you for, for a good couple of years, but thank you for coming on to the show. Absolute pleasure. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to be interviewing you on the show. And um, first of all, I just want to say thank you for all the assistance that, that you gave me many years ago. It was about five, five years ago now since my diagnosis. And... Um, uh, I really, really appreciate what you do and your energy and, and everything. So so thank you very much and, and thank you for coming on to the show. It's uh, the very least I can do. I always say, that, you know, the thing in life is about service and giving forward and I always find it such a privilege that I found something I can do. I mean, I'm a useless cook. I don't know how to switch an oven on. So um, <laughs> we at least we all have a talent and I think everyone should look and find it. see think what they have to do. No. no, thank you. <clears throat> so, um, one of my first questions to you relates a little bit to my own uh, situation. Um, when I got diagnosed and I got referred through to um, your rooms, uh, you actually saw me at around about 9.30 p.m. at night. Um, and uh, why do you like to see people uh, even, even at such late hours when they're first diagnosed? So I'm, um, I'm quite, um anxious and I understand the anxiety of your head running away with things medically that we don't know anything about. Um so my oldest child is a diabetic, so I understand that. Um so there, there are a couple of reasons. So firstly I have a rule that if someone has a problem, they will be seen for 24 to six hours. Absolutely. Because it's not that they have to see or do the dealing with you but but I see not a lot of scenarios when people are rushed in, for example, to emergency um, surgeries or without the knowledge, they're, they're anxious and they might make um, um, rapid medical decisions. It's not that be the best decisions the decision for them. I would say our um, important thing is to get to things is about information and not about decisions. It's about informed consent. Um, so that's one reason. Other reasons, um, obviously, um, very fussy about Honest Medicine and I run a massive government unit. So I'm um, I, I, at my hinge over the stayed um, um eight till about three. And the thing is, we do not get a government salary into the system. So you have to truck So my private is um, after hours and weekends. I mean, I've still got one more up to do tonight. And like um, I can say, it's not a hardship. I don't get up go, oh, I'm I'm going to work. It's, it's a privilege for me to do this job. And I love living in this country because I have such a diversity of opportunities to make you know, such a difference. Uh
1: Sorry, may I interrupt, please, Carol, and together with your host, Michelle. We are struggling to hear you there, Carol, so can I just ask the production team to quickly take care of that whilst Michelle and I just quickly engage one of the most important aspects that you've already raised in this conversation, and I'd like for you to respond to it. That matter of servanthood, the idea that... Carol Ann says she feels privileged to do it and she's using her talents and it's not just a talent if you like that talks to self-gratification or self-indulgence it really has a life and death impact on many people and of course the impact that we really want to see and you're one who can speak to that is the life impact how important is that particularly among those who've got ways and means of contributing to the country Michelle?
2: Well, I think it's really, really important because, um, as as uh, Carol Anne was saying, she um, really understands what people go through, and uh, I think that the fact that people can be properly informed, and have knowledge, and and make an informed decision, you know, about anything, um, is really, really important, and, you know. The contribution to uh, society and and uh, what she's actually doing is is absolutely incredible. I mean, I know that uh, some some people when she went um, on a, a seminar overseas in the states that they actually tried to convince her to go and and practice over there, and uh, she actually said, "No, I've got more to do in South Africa. Yeah, than yeah, people yeah."
1: Much appreciated. We appreciate that story, and Carol's going to speak to that in a little while from now. Meshak in the Free State is on the line. Your story, please, Meshak. Thanks for calling. Michelle and Carol-Anna on the line. We are fine. Thank you.
0: I'm fine. Not just fine, but uh, fine as a lady. You know, thanks, ma'am, to hear you on that side. Good evening to you again. Uh, Me, I lost my wife on January. And uh, he went through on the first cancer. I indeed supported my wife after the last few Loss I lost there. This thing is alive. This thing is taking the life of innocent people. It made us, especially the nation, partners, to join hands to fight with this thing, not just from the future. We need to come together, not just to talk about the state.
3: Thank you fighting so much.
0: The feminist, fighting destroying the family, fighting the family, I'll support that and I wish a good laugh to more.
1: I'm, I'm going to have to ask that we break the conversation at this point. Now, Meshach, we really are struggling to hear you. But from what little I was able to take away, and I'll just recap in case some of the listeners might have missed it. You lost your wife in January this year. You were with her until the end of her days. You affirm that this thing is real. It is out there. We need to join hands in attending to the nation's health. How would you respond to that, Michelle, together with your guest, Carol and Meshak, thank you so much for your voice. We appreciate that.
2: Oh. Yeah, I mean, I think that um, you know, people mustn't bury their heads. Um, yeah. Early detection is better than late detection. People should speak about uh, these things more often because it doesn't have to be a death sentence. Um, and I think that um, I'm really sorry to hear about your your listener's wife. I mean, it's it's re- it's such a stressful thing, and and and, it, and it, it's very very real. And uh, but I think that the breast awareness, the the early detection, you know, you don't you, people mustn't bury their heads, you know, like ostriches. They actually need to be aware that there are simple home checks that they can do, um, you know, to to try and get that early detection because there's a lot that can be done, you know, at an early stage, and and sometimes people are are fearful about. Facing it and, and doing something, so so they they do nothing, um, you know, for a while, and and you know then you know it can cancer can be a killer, um, you know, so it's 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 a tough disease, um, you know. There are lots of developments. Um, I think probably twenty thirty years ago, if you got breast cancer, you were almost certain that you were going to die. Um, but nowadays, I think the stats are, are very, very different. Um, you know, so I don't know the circumstances of your of your listener's wife, but it's very real. And and I think, you know, personally, I, I seem to be hearing more and more cases of it. So I think it's a little bit more prevalent than than what the old stats uh, were suggesting. But I'm not an expert, but it just seems to be a little bit more prevalent, and not just brain breast cancer, other cancers as well. So awareness, early detection, I think is very important. And take take action, get second opinions and, and take action.
3: So, so absolutely, I think it's, it's, it's traumatizing when I listen and it comes to mind when you think of what this poor man has gone through and breast cancer doesn't just affect the woman, it affects the partner and kids and families. But what you say is so important. So 50% of breast lumps are picked up by someone's significant other. So if there ever was a good excuse to gas, Copperfield, okay, there we go. So we need to be aware. When you see something that is not right on your partner, you need to encourage them to go for help because there's such misconceptions about landing up with a mastectomy and losing your breast isn't urgent. And that's part of um, goes in why I say about um, take time, go for second opinions, find out all information, um, surround yourself with family and friends and partners. I call it ghost busting that are not where you're Googling something scary on the internet or you're dealing with someone who goes, Oh my golly, I'm so sorry, my aunt died, and then you are scared of treatment. So, what Michelle puts it, she puts it so correctly. You know, it's difficult. All of us going through healthcare care challenges, we have fear. But go and take that opportunity to go and see someone, take a friend, do the right investigations. Don't worry about costs. So in other words, you can access good care both in government and private facilities. So don't land up being pushed into unnecessary surgical biopsies, needle biopsies that you don't understand the cost for. Examine your breasts. Check to feel if you've got lumps or things look different. I always say gravity is not our friend. Check for changes every single month. If you're worried, don't listen. I've seen two ladies tonight who've gone, I had this lump last year and I was told that oh, it's just normal and it'll go away. No, we don't have eyes on our fingers. You need the correct investigation, sonars, sonars and mammograms, needle biopsies and then time-taking to make decisions because even though we do see more cancers, we can know that the outcomes today, nine out of 10 ladies can be alive and well 10 years down the line. Thanks, okay. Carol. I, mean,
2: I agree with you. Uh, I just wanted to ask you on on um you know the difference or the choices between uh, having a lumpectomy and okay. a mastectomy, because obviously a lumpectomy you you have it removed, yeah. whereas a, mastect- a a lump removed, whereas a mastectomy okay. um, you have the breast removed. Now, I elected to have a double mastectomy yeah. and um because the the I could have had the same problems arising with the other breasts. But not many people were going that route. I think when when I was uh, when I was diagnosed. Yeah. And um, you know, I'd like to okay. you know, for you to cover that a little oh, sure. bit in terms of the different options.
3: So the first thing is no one ever died of breast cancer in the breast. It's cancer's ability to spread. So you want to understand the biology, the nature of the cancer. That's the first thing. The next thing is that. Um, Today, the indications, the absolute indications for a mastectomy are low. They're very few, okay? It's a psychological choice. So some people with small breasts, family history, concerns, anxiety, will elect to take out all the tissue and reconstruct. However, what you want is before you make that decision to understand what the chances are of you needing radiation, yes or no, what the behavior of the cancer is. Should you even be starting with an operation? And today when we take out breast tissue, we can do nipple and skin spraying me, So there are many, many options that we can do. And I think it's to realize that it's your body. You need to understand that the rule is to take the cancer out of the care margin. Um, you need to know what your options are on what is going to make you feel safe in the long run, but also that you can't replace one treatment with another. I always talk about the umbrella of care, that when I say no one died of cancer in the breast, you've got to understand that in a, a percentage of time, we won't even start with an operation. We'll start with the right oncology medicines to melt the cancers, and I'm not necessarily just talking about things like chemotherapy. So what you want to understand is what type of breast cancer you have Is it in the glands? And then what are your options and what should you start with? But you can't say, I'm going to take out both my breasts and therefore not have chemotherapy. That's a complete misnomer. You need to know what the indications are. Chemotherapy, I think, is such a bad word. We need to divide oncology into what we call cytotoxics, things that kill cells, targets, which are a bit like playing Pac-Man with cancer cells, the future immunotherapies, and endocrine things that we can treat things by by looking at um, hormonal manipulation of cancer cells for want of a better word. So the, those are the things to know. And you might have someone with a double D breast and a and a tumour, and they might decide they going we're going to take it out and do a breast reduction. Or you might have somebody who decides, you know what, I'm absolutely anxious. I hate going for my mammograms. I cannot do this every year. Stressing and worrying, and that's the their choice for doing a bilateral mistake to me. So many different reasons. Mm.
2: And then, in terms of uh, recent developments, and uh, obviously there's uh, a lot of talk around uh, cannabis and uh, those kind of treatments, uh, gene treatment. What are the recent developments, and and how does it fit into your world, so to say?
3: So so basically, um, it's, it's really I think those are two very important things that you brought up. The one thing is what I call innovation. So we have in the unit things like um, radiation in theater, interoperative radiation. Recently on Time magazine about small cancers, you can just take them out and just give a tiny little blast of radiation in theater. We have things such as cryotherapy where... You have um, very lazy cancers, and particularly in elderly people, they shouldn't be rushing into surgery. We can just, with the sonar, freeze those cancers. Um, innovations are special types of genetics on cancer cells to understand how they're going to behave. So those are all interesting innovations around breast cancer. Then I think you bring up with the uh, the medicinal um, cannabis, you bring up a very important concept for me, and that's what I call... Holistic health care, complementary oncology. So I'm busy prepping a lecture um, for tomorrow, and I've got two slides. One is of an umbrella, which is what I call conventional care, and the other is of what I call a parasol. And the pink parasol of care is your complementary and your supplementary treatment. Now, it should not be done, the concept of you're going to have Western conventional treatment versus alternate treatment. We need to work together whether you're working with your traditional healers together, your, um, your naturalists, your integrative care specialists, because medicines are actually derived originally from natural things. So when you talk about um, the um, medicinal marijuana, as people understand it, the cannabinoids, there are substances in there It works on very unusual pain receptors, So it is very, very good for supportive care and very good for certain aspects of people um, um, around certain cancers. But on the other hand, there are one or two cancers that the data shows that it actually might be detrimental to go on. So these are fascinating. It's like for me, when you go to France, you see these rows and rows of flowers that you assume it's for perfume. And it's actually to make naturally and oral, um, what people would understand as a chemotherapy, as a cytotoxic agent, that works unbelievably well. So, some of our our original chemotherapies and our good ones for breast came from things like tree bark, and so they were originally natural substances. So, when you work with complementary health, and we have a complementary health aspect to our unit. You need to have somebody who understands what supplements, vitamins, what things you can take that are going to aid you and not harm you. But I think for too long, medicine has been too my way or the highway, too much of the white coat syndrome. And I I, I really encourage people to talk and be able to have an honest and open discussion with their doctors to get involved in who's involved in their spiritual, in their... um, family lives, we have oncology, psychology, the supplements, the vitamins, what you are taking, because that can help or also can harm. But we want to know. No, thank you so much. Um,
2: we are, unfortunately, I mean, I would love to have spoke to, spoken to you for another hour or so, but
3: mm-hmm. we're going to
2: have to go to an ad break and, uh, and to the next guest after this but once again thank you so much uh for for your involvement in my life i really appreciate it. and and i know that you've helped thousands of others and will
3: continue to do so so um thank you thank you very much it's a privilege and pleasure know that you're the shining light and um it's a humbling job for me because what you are doing is you're inspiring other ladies to not be scared so well done uh, thank you thank you thank you okay bye
2: All right.
0: Bye-bye.